Do you believe? This is a simple question. Father, what do you mean? Do I believe in what? Purple ketchup? Do you believe? I speak of our faith. Do you believe what you claim to believe? Think about this for a second. Do you believe what you claim to believe as a Christian, as a Catholic? This question is at the core of what it means to have faith. Every Sunday, we gather in communion to celebrate the Mass. According to our creed, our faith, we believe that the living God is made present truly under the guise of bread and wine. Do you believe? At the Mass, we profess the creed a proclamation of what we personally believe as Catholics. This includes a belief that there is one and only one God who sent his son Jesus, who is consubstantial with him, the word made flesh to enter into a particular time and space to take on our human nature. In all ways but sin, the mighty God taking the form of a small child. Do you believe? In this creed, we also profess our belief that Jesus died for us as a whole, but also personally for each and every one of us, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and will come again in his glory to judge those who still live and those who have died. Do you believe? We also profess our faith to be true, a true faith that is one, holy and apostolic, the resurrection of the body and the forgiveness of sins. Do you believe all of this that has been said without reservation? If we do not believe all this, then what is the point? Why gather on Sunday or celebrate the Mass? Why observe seasons like Advent or Christmas? Without our faith, we are nothing as Christians. Without our belief, our profession is hollow. This sounds a little dire, but it is essential that we occasionally scrutinize our reservations of faith. This is the last week of Advent, brothers and sisters. Our last chance to look at ourselves and our participation in our faith and to grow in our reliance on our Lord to refocus our efforts on vigilance in this season of preparation. It can be easy, especially in the cultural, political climate that we live in, to shy away from what we believe, whether out of fear or embarrassment or misunderstanding. It can be tempting to say, yes, I am Catholic, but I don't believe this. Or, I am Catholic, but I don't agree with what the church says on this thing in particular. Or I am Catholic, but I see religion as just an opportunity to be a good person or a spiritual experience. Jesus was a symbolic figure. The Eucharist is symbolic. It's a fun idea. And whatever God is, he just wants me to do whatever makes me feel happy or fulfilled in the moment while being inoffensive to others. If this is how we believe, 
If this is how we participate in faith, with reservations, doubts, then we are not truly living as Catholics, brothers and sisters. If we shy away from saying, yes, I believe, without caution or doubt or scrutiny, then our yes is shallow and our lives, and, and we live not as believers, but as deceivers. Deceivers of the self and deceivers of others. If we limit our belief, our faith is less like an all-encompassing and permeating joy and more like a cold bowl of oatmeal. Boring, non-committal, and meaningless. True belief, it's not complicated. It can be hard, yes, but it is not complicated. Belief is a simple yes in response to an invitation to observe something as wholeheartedly and true. We see this in the words and actions of Mary, our lady, our mother, the mother of the church, who when visited by the angel Gabriel responded, yes, when asked to bear the Messiah, the Son of God in her womb. She could have questioned how she would explain this to Joseph or her family. She could have been influenced to say no by the fear of being shunned or even stoned to death by her community. Instead, she said, yes, let it be done unto me according to your will. In this yes, Mary is the exemplar of perfect faith for us as followers of Christ. She shows us what true belief is in faith without any kind of reservation. Mary's yes is later affirmed by her cousin Elizabeth during what we call the visitation. Many of us are familiar with this. It's the second uh, mystery in the joyful mysteries. And in fact, Elizabeth's greeting is part of the prayer that we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. For Mary, this visitation was a long nine-day journey to meet with her cousin whom the angel Gabriel specifically mentioned and said conceived a child miraculously, even though she was told she was too old to have a child and unable to conceive. In this way, the conception of John the Baptist mirrored the conception of our, our Lord. Very different, obviously, um, but still that mirroring, that importance of seeing the, the, the two compared to each other. As we hear in the gospel, Elizabeth greets Mary with a great joy, with awe, after her child John, who would become the Baptist, the one to prepare the way for Christ, leapt in her womb with the same joy as King David, who leapt and danced in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Now we have John the Baptist, who recognizes the presence of our Lord even in the womb, jumping around, leaping for joy, this new Ark of the Covenant, Our Lady bearing the new law, our Lord, present, truly present even in that moment. Elizabeth recognizes the Messiah present in Mary's womb and affirms Mary's faith. Her yes when she says, Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. In saying this, Elizabeth recognizes the strength of Mary's belief as pure and complete. Mary's faith is mirrored by the lack of of faith of Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, who actually doubted the angel Gabriel when he said that Elizabeth would bear a son in her old age. 
In this very statement, Elizabeth identifies what it means to have true faith, to believe in the fulfillment of our Lord's promise. We are called to this same belief now, individually, as a community, um, and as a whole, as one body in Christ. We prepare in this time of Advent to refocus our priorities and eliminate doubt or obstacles to faith. We prepare to celebrate what we believe in the Incarnation, to celebrate with that same joy the infant John exhibited in the womb when he leapt at the presence of our Lord. That joy of believing in the Father's love that he would send his Son into the mess of our world to create a path for us to follow and to redeem our very nature. We also believe in the second coming of Christ, the promise that the final judgment will be fulfilled. It is because of this belief that we seek to grow in vigilance now, in this time, in this day, in this very moment as we sit here in the celebration of Mass. Vigilant of how we live our lives according to God or perhaps according to others, perhaps to fear or perhaps to the standards of our world. Vigilant in recognizing doubt in order to starve our reservations and feed our faith. For this, we have the example of Our Lady's simple yet powerful witness of faith in her belief that what the Lord said would be fulfilled. That no matter what came to pass, the Lord would be there. That no matter what suffering, destruction, sadness, or frustration that Our Lady would face, that she would be accompanied by our Lord, that he would be there with her, and that no matter what happened, he would have the last say. In light of this, I would like us to take advantage of this last week. Let's see, we have about five days, starting tomorrow, to still celebrate this period of preparation of Advent. I would like for us to take advantage of these moments, these days of Advent, to recognize those doubts or reservations, those struggles that we have in our faith, surrounding our faith, and to pray for a greater faith and belief in what we profess, what we proclaim to be true, so that we have true belief, true faith, and trust in what our Lord promises and what will come to pass. Amen.